You know when you really need to go grocery shopping uh, When you reach into that thing in your pantry That you always overlook and just go right to the chips That for me (laughs) is dried chickpeas And I have just finished eating those And I feel like my mouth is as dry as it has ever been There's no amount of weed that has ever made my mouth as dry as chickpeas have made it Oh my god Is there anything in your cab But this is dropped the subject by the way with Allie and James Simmons And it's Thursday and it's very exciting We have gay gay cray cray all kinds of fun stuff We're going to be talking to Brandon Mills of the Mills Method We're going to be talking to David Hackamfar From Pride Legal but More importantly right now When you know you need to go Grocery shopping what's the one thing that you Always avoid eating in your kitchen that You then succumb to eating Ugh I feel like there's so many things too because I try to not have the the like unsatisfying meal like as someone who's but you know Weight Watchers and, and this and that whatever it's always like don't don't eat the thing that you know you're gonna eat don't just eat like wasteful calories yeah that then you can't you know like whatever so I try not to actually even have anything in the house that I just know like I don't want to eat it but. Uh, you know, so we have these, I'm not going to name the company because they're really lovely and they do really great work. And some of their delivery food items are very good, but Chris is really into this company right now. And so he's ordered everything in its grandmother. And so they ship to us once a week and it's like super healthy, but really good. Well, there's this one type of bowl that they have that neither of us like. But since they've shipped them to us for the last few weeks, we have like seven of them in the freezer. Uh And so like there'll literally be nothing else to eat. So I think this was just maybe it was yesterday or the day before I I was like, all right, I'm going to pull some tuna from the cabinet because, you know, there's always tuna in the cabinet. Same thing that I want to mix with the tuna, but whatever. I'm going to put the tuna in this bowl that I don't like with a lot of hot sauce and I'm going to make this work. I'm (laughs) going to do it. Yeah, you, so, well, the thing that you succumb to, you definitely have to add either cheese or hot sauce to make it tolerable. Yeah. Oh, see, I should have done the cheese. Well, I think I forgot about the cheese, though, because I choked on the tuna. <laughs> like, how do you choke on You're describing on tuna? my weekend, my ideal weekend. <laughs> hey good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. I was like, literally like, I think I'm going to die because I'm choking on this tuna. And then I mashed the thing together and I shoved about half of it down my throat. And I was like, I can't. Yes. It's funny. Your body is like reject. Like, I I feel like physically my body is trying to reject these chickpeas. It's like, no, Allie, what are you? (laughs) You're usually filling me with delicious kettle chips right now. And all the kettle Uh, chips are gone. The jalapeno ones? No, just regular. Just regular salt, Himalayan salt kettle chips. Mm. And I usually just pop a few of those in before we come on the air. And we don't have any. And we've been putting off going to the grocery store because we're trying to wait till we're really desperate. And I was desperate enough to reach for the chickpeas. There's also these little, they're regrettable Costco buys are definitely subject to these circumstances yeah, oh, where. Because then you have a lot of it. Oh my God. S- six months ago, I bought these applesauce packets. <laughs> Okay, grandma. I know, because I was like, maybe this will get us, I don't know, we'll give it a try. Uh, Give it a try is never something you should say at Costco, Mm. because you are in it. (laughs) Committed. Yeah, and I tried like four of them, and I was like, okay, I'm sick of these now. And they've just been in our fridge for as long as they've been there, and and I don't, I I will go to the grocery store today. There's no way I can resort to the applesauce packets, but... um, Last night, or not last night, but the night before, I didn't get a chance to talk about this on the air yesterday, but 
this all these zoom hangouts i mean we're we're kind of branching out in the world of zoom right my Uh, my wife's cousin who's like in college she's 21 years old just turned 21 invited us to a trivia game night and i and then katie was like we should do it we should do it and i was like sure why the hell not why the hell not to anything at this point right right and we'll be the cool aunts with the college kids on the trivia oh we were not cool in any way shape or form but (laughs) i I thought to myself after we said yes i was like wait are all the people that are playing trivia going to be 20 years like 20 to 22 years old and she was like i don't know and i was like i think so and that like like i'm 35 that's i've got quite Mm -hmm. a I've got a, more than a decade on these on these people. So yeah. the trivia was was <laughs> two, TV it. in the two thousands, and I was like, okay, that's uh, I watched TV in the two thousands. I feel like I'd be pretty good at that. And so as soon as we get on the Zoom call, I am I'm also kind of making dinner in the background, so I was kind of bobbing in and out, but. Uh, which was very ant of me anyway. I was like, hi, how you doing? I got a steak. Hey, Hold on. Hey, I got a rub. Yeah. Then I got it. Yeah. I, 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 I got a casserole. I in the got kitchen. a casserole. Right I back, guess. Okay. You, you kids have fun. I'll, I'll just sit at, uh, sit out this round. So we see on the Zoom, there's several people on and this, this uh, duo, like uh, two brothers or whoever, they appear upside down. And I was like, why is their thing upside down? And Katie was like, because it's cool. And I was like, it's cool. And we were just like, uh, so the epitome of blame from the beginning. And then the questions began. And the first question was, what is the name of Sam's weapon in iCarly? And we were like, oh, no. Okay, come on. <laughs> no, Disney, you, you should have to remove all Disney references when you do 2000s TV like that. I feel like that's a whole different category that like 2000 TV, you're thinking broadcast and cable still. Not yes, Disney. I know. And so that, but then Katie, she's so competitive that she had to make guesses. She was like, it's a curling iron. I was like, no, it's, you don't have no idea. You know Katie. nothing about this show. <laughs> and she was like, teenagers will use weapons that you can't, like she was trying to explain. No, no you cannot like rationalize yourself. <laughs> yeah. You can't like explain, ant-splain your way into this one. <laughs> exactly. And not only did she ant-splain to me, she ant-splained to the rest of her team because there was a team... <laughs> And they were like, I'm pretty sure it's a, it was like, it was a, it ended up being some made up word, but right. they were like, I'm pretty sure it's this. And she was like, but think about it. When teenagers <laughs> use weapons, oh, they would use, like, say, a fr- it's got to be like a flat iron or curling iron. I'm like, Katie, stop. Then at the end, they actually came in second place because they were oh, eventually wow. resorting to only the, the younger children rather than Katie for any of the answers. Wow. But then they were like, let's do this next week. Maybe we should do boomer trivia. And Katie goes, what's that? No, they did not. Oh, that's brilliant. What yeah, so she didn't even know what it meant. And I was in the other room at that point going, Katie, damn it, you're making us look bad. <laughs> oh Lord. You don't Katie, hang up. Hang up. Hang, hang up. up. Hold, hey, Katie, you're on mute. That happened as well. More oh, drop geez. the subject after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. You are not alone. You are not alone. I am here with you. I'm here with you. Though we're far away, away. <laughs> always here to stay. I don't, are we allowed to sing, Michael? Did we talk about that already? I don't oh, know. has he are, been canceled? Damn it. I mean, yeah. I feel like once you watch the documentary, you're like, I, I can't. Yes, but then it's funny because that 
documentary came out and it came out right before I had gone to Vegas. And then I, I watched that and I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And then I went to Vegas and we went to the old strip and uh-huh. there was a little kid in this town square dressed as Michael Jackson, like doing all the dance moves. And I was like, oh, and everybody was around like clapping and, and giving money and putting money in his little hat. And he was like doing the moonwalk. And I was like, does no one else find this problematic? And then I went to a spin class and they were playing Michael Jackson. And I was like, so we're just not, we're just not canceling him no matter what like I, it's just not no matter what yeah i mean there are some people who like will will not cancel r kelly either they just they just regardless like you go you, i've been listening to backyard barbecue r kelly songs like my entire life or whatever and then just like last summer in the middle of the Fuhrer or whatever the guy's in freaking jail now i think and nope there were just people were playing r kelly and i same thing i was like really guys we're still doing this like, yeah i know it's funny if, if i was gonna pick one to withstand the cancel culture it would not be r kelly no no i would I be would like pick- no he's the one that really we should keep no matter what <laughs> Right. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I got us completely off track because I, when you have quarantine brain, mm-hmm. you do things like you hear a phrase and then you just start singing whatever song is associated with that. And something else that is really impactful with quarantine brain is you not wanting to do your damn job. Yeah. And, you know, this is a really good thing to talk about because it's okay not to give a crap about your job right now. <laughs> I'm not saying this from a personal standpoint because I, I very much care about my job and I love my job and you have a million different jobs that you're having to do right now. But And I think for some people, it's a, it's a shame. It's, it feels sad to admit that right now you don't care about your job because you feel lucky to have a job. There are totally. millions of people that are out of work right now. So it feels weird to then be like, oh my God, I don't want to go to work or like, I just want to take a day off or I don't really care about this presentation I'm supposed to prepare right now. But there's this really great article in HuffPo and it's, uh, there is a, this, this person named Kristen Bianchi. She's a licensed psychologist at the Center for Anxiety and Behavior Change. Mm -hmm. She makes a really good point. She said the sudden reminders of our mortality And the suddenness with which people are dying from this can conjure this kind of existential crisis. And it makes you think about these bigger things that you wouldn't normally be thinking about. And then it seems a little silly to prepare a presentation and be like, I don't want to be thinking about this right now. I'm trying to think about how to get toilet paper, trying to wipe my ass properly at this point. (laughs) Right. Or yes, have the ability to do that or worried. You know, I think there's another sort of level of this, that there are lots of people that have lost their jobs. There are also a lot of people who are really fearing for their jobs that they might not have lost them yet, but they feel like it's coming. And then I feel like for everyone, we all have this anxiety about what is the future going to look like? Like literally, Allie, are, are, for as long as I get to guest host this show or whenever I come back or whatever, are we going to be doing this from home for forever? Like, am I going to have to wear 17 mountain mountainous layers of PPE every time I go into the emergency room in my job? Like, are we going to, you know, even when I do like my TV appear, am I never going to see a TV studio ever again? And I'm not saying that in like a privileged sort of way. I'm just saying that like, do I need to prepare to continue to do my job from home? Like forever, these things are anxiety building in a lot of people and and it's it's different layers for different people. And sometimes the best way to manage all of that energy, that anxiety, that uncertainty is 
to just sort of disengage from this thing that you're realizing maybe isn't quite as important as you thought it was before. Exactly. So if you don't want to go to work and all you want to do is focus on that Golden Girls puzzle, you are not alone. All right. You and not. Oh, wait. Canceled. No, uh, we'll be canceled. right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, these day of the week staple segments certainly have a lot more of a a need than they did many months ago. It's Thursday, everybody, and that means it is time for Gay Gay or Cray Cray. That's right. I reveal the story of a couple that is doing something a little bit unconventional. Sometimes it involves the police. Sometimes it does not. So I will reveal as many details about the situation as I can without revealing the gender or the names of the people involved. James, you guess if they are a gay gay couple or a straight hetero couple. Correct, correct. You got it. I am Uh, ready. Where is my? Hold on. I might have. I might have a dingy lingy. Sorta. Oh, that's a pretty good dingy lingy. That's all right, dingy. All right. Yeah. Here we go. That's what she said. Okay. Hey yo. No happy ending for threesome participants. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, sexual fantasy has led to a bloody brawl and an arrest. A threesome did not have a happy ending early yesterday when the two participants, two, that's not how a threesome two, goes. Right. Aren't they usually three threesome? Well, maybe. Th- I think they intended to have three. Okay. Let's read on. Mm-hmm. Two of the participants got into a bloody fight that landed one of them in a South Carolina jail. So now we have a location, mm. South Carolina. All right. The South CAC. Mm-hmm. They're in jail on multiple charges. According to a sheriff's report, person one and person two, they're both 47. They're both roommates. Oh, uh-oh. They share a residence in Duncan, South Carolina. Mm. Person A told the cops that person B and them are roommates with benefits. Okay. So they often, you know, take turns with a little chore wheel doing dishes. And also Mm -hmm. they are DTF from time to time. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Person A said that they invited a third person C, a 40 year old. To the home to, quote, hang out and possibly have a threesome with me and person B. Person B then told investigators that person A had invited this third person over to fulfill some kind of dark sexual fantasy. Ooh, dark. During a 2.45 a.m. interview with the sheriff deputies, person A said that after the trio had done the deed, quote, things began to feel odd. (laughs) Uh, as they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they decided to ask that third person to get on out. Third person departed from the home, but then subsequently demanded to be let in, let back in. What? Person B was then like, you know what? I've dealt with this long enough. I let this third person in when I wasn't necessarily into it. It was fulfilling a sexual fantasy. Why don't you go? Person A is going, no, 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 no. Why don't we just let this person back in? It's all right. Why don't we try again? Oh, oh, another round? Oh, my. Another round. The three then attempted intercourse again. Stop it. According to their reports. No, come on. But due to complications, that's all I can say. Mm -hmm. A 
person A then told the third party just to go home after mm-hmm. a valiant effort. What followed, investigator investigators allege, were a series of physical confrontations between Uh-oh. person A and the third party. So the person whose idea oh. it was to have this whole threesome in the first place ends up getting in a fight with person C. So I guess it just didn't, the sexual fantasy didn't live out the way that they intended. Then they both got in a fight in the home and then it progressed to the backyard. Oh my. They were fighting very hard. It came to blows. Person A ended up with a bloody nose and a swollen shut eye. Whoa. Person C also had a head wound that required 10 stitches. Whoa. Okay. Uh, because Fisticuffs pers- after yeah. a threesome, never good. No, 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 no. This definitely not a happy ending. So... Um, they are now both respectively in jail and, uh, person, uh, oh, person C also has a history of indecent exposure and has been set free on $1,500 bond. So the question here, James, is that given the details, are they a gay, gay couple or a cray, cray couple? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I am a lot of information here. Oh, a lot of information, but there are some clues, I feel like because there a second time around happened, but there also was difficulty with second time around happening. Mm. I feel like that that the at least one individual, so probably person A is a male. Um, I also think that the propensity for someone to be charged with indecent exposure. I feel like nine out of ten times, that's also a male. Come on, they're slashing ladies. Uh, I feel like if ladies try attempt indecent, impo- indecent exposure, people are just like, nice. Nah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. cool. Nice. Uh, Do that yeah. again. That's yeah, cool. 8.2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most cops, anyway. No, I, I can't say that. So... I feel like we got two men going on here now. So the, 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 the X factor is person B, right? Are they, yeah. Was this a, buh, can it be a bye, bye, cray, cray? Uh, huh, bye, is, cray is possible. There is, I mean, bye, cray is an option. Bye. It is called gay, gay, cray, cray, but there is some in between here. I think I'm going to have to just go full in. I'm going full on. Gay, gay. Let's do it. Come on. All gay men? All gay men. You're right. Yeah, buddy. The nice. Michael Charles is person A. Uh-huh. Michael Fleming. Oh, wait. Michelle Fleming. Oh, man. I read it wrong. Oh, I was like, you're no. right. It's Michael. Oh, you're it's, like, Michelle. No, it's Michelle. Wah, Damn wah. it. Oh, but Brian God. Alden is the third. And yes, you were very good and astute to put together that uh, indecent exposure is mainly a male crime. So I was kind of <laughs> there. This was really a bye-bye, 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 cray-cray. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I'm sort of dressed today. I am not wearing shoes, but I am wearing passable pants. They don't have a button and a zipper, but I have worn them and as actual pants to work in the past. Oh, Do I okay. get some points for getting fully dressed today in the quarantine scavenger hunt update that is about to ensue? 
I that see you're playing you're playing with my emotions, Allie Johnson, because mm-hmm. there's there you got no shoes, but you got we, I didn't brush my hair, I didn't what's put on it? makeup. We've got no shoes, we've got no, no jobs. jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Falling so off. uh yeah, I'm like I'm gonna give you credit for it. If these are not yoga specific pants, but you have worn them out, even though they do not have a button and a zipper, I will give you fully dressed. <gasps> Full eight points. Nice. I mean, I I get get eight points every day, so I just am like a little bit better at getting eight points than you are. Well, see, that's why, you know, this is why it's really been frustrating to do these updates because every single time you're like, (laughs) I'm getting fully dressed every day and supporting a local business and I'm getting APP. And you know what? Jesse did aptly say off the air yesterday, he said, I got fully dressed today and it was not worth it. And that's what I completely agree with is if I'm losing this game, if I have to be added to a group chat, which is the penalty, if you lose this quarantine scavenger hunt, you will be added to a group chat of the winner's choice. Mm. I still would rather do that than get dressed every day in order to win. That is Big talk right there, Allie Johnson. You that that's significant because group chats. Remember, this group chat cannot be muted. I know, you, you can, and it's uh, you probably have to people get, that are just like two of them are having a conversation. And there's like twenty people. Uh huh. And everyone's got to like like a picture, laugh. Oh a picture, no, like the liking and the hearting thing. and the exclamations uh-huh. and the, the gifs. Oh, and, the and, this, and then someone else like sends the same one later because there's just enough people on there that they're not really reading, and so they send the same thing again later on. Like, oh, uh, uh, and then there's that one Android user who then they have to send an extra <laughs> text message saying this person liked it, but. We couldn't just add the heart emoji to it. So we had to send a separate text message that that person liked it. Saying that they liked it also. Right. The Android (laughs) user's like, I can't get this. It didn't download. What what is, I don't understand what what is going on. Do you have WhatsApp? Hold on. Let me download it. Yeah. yeah, Let me. uh, All right. I'm going to go put some shoes on. I've changed my mind. I was going to say, I'm already really, really anxious. This is why, I mean, I think the week before I had like 187 points, but you took uh, points away from me because the guy was in my house doing the filming and the whatnot. But uh, yeah, I you mean, got minus a point at minus two points every time someone entered your home and they entered your home like 37 times or something like, like that. Right, correct. Right. One person who was gowned and gloved, but you know, whatever, that's fine. Uh, but I will say, I feel like I've been sort of making up for these things a little bit more because uh, the people wearing face masks in their car mm-hmm. is a thing. And I mean, I probably am in the 390-400 range. No <laughs> way. I have seen so well because I, you know, I've been doing the running and the walking outside and the going to the grocery store and whatever. Because I sometimes I got a dissertation brain needs a little break. So I'm like, fine, Fair I'm gonna enough. go for like a 15 minute run, right? And then I like mm-hmm. run, and literally every single car I see, someone's wearing a mask. Man, it must be your neighborhood. I think I'm I'm at a disadvantage because then there's not as trafficy near my area. I don't see a lot of cars, and then when I do, most of them have masks on. But I don't see that many people. And but where I do think that I there's no way I'm at the 300 range. I think I'm at like the 150 mark about Are now. You? But well, I forgot to tell you, I live on the 405. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you live under a freeway bridge. I, have I no just idea. look outside and watch every car drive by and tally my points just so I can beat you every week. Ah, oh, being a bridge troll. I should have thought of that. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. <laughs> oh, it's a good old time here on Drop the Subject. James Simmons guest co-hosting with Allie Johnson. And uh, we've 
feel like we need to have a follow-up conversation a little bit about uh, earlier in the week we talked about the new Patriots kicker Justin Rohrwasser. Allie, Rohrwasser. There you go. Much better. I kick the ball through I... the field goal. <laughs> That's three points. That's three points, or maybe one extra, only one. <laughs> uh, so, if you don't, if you haven't heard, so he was uh, drafted by the New England Patriots. He is a kicker out of Marshall, which is in West Virginia, and he got a tattoo that represents the three percenters, which uh, he thought as a teenager at age eighteen that it represented just like support of the military in general is what he's saying. Uh, on the Three Percenters website, they identify themselves as, quote, patriotic citizens who love their country, their freedoms, and their liberty. They have been tied to alt-right and white supremacist militia group activity in the past. Uh, for the record, Mr. – what's his name, Allie? Well, it's a Has denied uh, that he has white supremacist tendencies or is a member of the alt-right or even a member of the group. Uh, however, it got us thinking about bad tattoos, and I'm sure you are not surprised in the least, but producer Jesse has <laughs> a bad tattoo. He has a regrettable a lot of things, but we will focus just now on his tattoo, which he, after we had that conversation about uh, Justin Rohrwasser. Rohrwasser. We were talking about regrettable tattoos, and I mean, that's pretty regrettable if you, I mean, it's worse than saying like, okay, I want this to say the Chinese symbol for hope, and then it really says tramp or whatever. <laughs> but right. to put a three, like to, to put the tattoo of a hate group on yourself whether intentional or not intentional is regrettable and it got us talking about uh, other regrettable tattoos and jesse our very own producer says that he has a regrettable tattoo that he's since covered up when he was a teenager a wee boy a wee lad which he's still rather wee but less less so he he thought it was really cool to get an anarchy tattoo you know that a with the circle around out yeah Yeah, so so Yeah, he's so cool. So right on his left peck there, he got a he got a tattoo of an A with a circle around it. The problem is that he drew the design in pencil, and that's exactly how the tattoo artist put it on his chest, just in very faded. Like it looks like it's been there for twenty years because it's so faded. But so that's how it probably looked when it was fresh. Uh huh. <clears throat> and then he said that every time he was around kids, like at a pool or something like that, all of the kids thought it was an Avenger symbol. <laughs> <laughs> thought that he was either a secret Avenger or just a big stand for Avengers. And Aww. then he said that he was with a he was with a lass with a lady years years back and he took his shirt off and the chick straight up laughed in his face. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh yeah, so Boy. he has since covered it up and he has given a before and after of the tattoo. It is on our Social media at DTS show on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, just let us know which one you approve of the original, the anarchy original tattoo or the dual flower, dual roses uh-huh. that are now covering it, which are very pretty. Um, but I, I wondered like how your life has changed when you started off with anarchy and ended up with two beautiful red roses. Two on your chest. beautiful roses. Oh, that's I'm super happy for that. It does. Uh, I also have a tattoo on my chest, which causes reactions from other people. And uh, when did you get it? I got this tattoo probably in my middle, late 20s, somewhere, 26, 7, 8, somewhere in there. 
And I had thought about it for a very long time. And then just one day, literally on a whim, on a Saturday night, I would think I was in, I was staying home. I was like, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get that tattoo. And so I I was in Chicago at the time. I got on the train. I went down to the tattoo shop that I kind of had a loose association with. I knew a couple people who had worked there before. And I walked in and I was like, this is the tattoo I want. And the guy said, huh, what does that mean? And I said, it is a secret. And he said, okay, where do you want it? And I said, right here on my chest. He said, okay, fine. So he put it on there. It took him all of 40 minutes because it's not all that big. And uh, off we went. So it was the Chinese symbol for tramp. (laughs) On my chest. I still maintain this tattoo as a secret. I have never since that time. So that was, what, 17 years ago-ish. I've never told anybody what it means. What is it? I'm not going to tell you what it means. I know, but I want to see what it looks like. What does it look like? It's like like a series. You can describe it for our radio listeners. I don't know. Can you you see that? Hold on. Let me. Okay. It's it's across your chest and it looks like, hold on. I can't see yet. Uh, I see your sweatshirt. Okay. 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 There are two arrows pointing in different directions. It goes like all the way over to my shoulder. Oh, oh, okay. So you've got a series of arrows. Oh, this is a puzzle. Okay. So (laughs) if if I figure out, this is just a series of arrows going in different directions across your chest. Okay. Uh So this is... The worst part is this one arrow right here Mm -hmm. that is always, when I wear a a V-neck, always the arrow that is exposed. Oh, the one that points down. How convenient. Yeah. People are like, oh, you got an arrow that points down. What is it pointing to? I know what the, I know what it means. What, what what does it mean, Allie Johnson? It's your directions home. Uh, Just make go down, make a left, make, right. make a U-turn. The the best I go usually up. get is it is it the uh, it's the unlimited lives code on Contra. Do you remember like up down up nope. down left right A B A? Oh my god! Uh huh. Do you remember that from way <laughs> yes. back in the day? Because that's kind of what it looks like a little bit. I get yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that a lot. One person, one person has figured it out. And when she and it was figured, me. she figured out what is, she's like, why did you tattoo that on your chest? And I was like, still a secret. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Seek, and you'll never tell till the day you die. No, I think at this point I've like committed. I've doubled down for like almost two decades now. I need, I need to like really commit to this. No, mom doesn't know. Husband doesn't know. Nobody knows. Wow. Know, or like the fun? last word that you speak will be like. Will be like the meaning of the tattoo. It was the directions to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still lost. It was, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it builds up so much that you're like, is it even, what is the answer even that? Right. Ah, interesting. Well, um, or is it all the different directions that you're, all right, I, I'm getting in here. I'm spiraling. All right, we'll be right back. It, it actually says, drop the subject. It does. I knew it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We have to put James Simmons to good use while he's here with us. Drop the subject with Allie and James. And it is time to ask the NP anything that you are afraid to ask your MD. You ask the NP. In this case, it stands for nurse practitioner, but others say it might stand for nice package. That depends on how you look at it. Hey, oh, but the question we wanted to ask you this week or... This this day, because it seems like we want to ask you every day questions. <laughs> I'm okay with that. What are your biggest pet peeves when it comes to patients that walk into your ER? Do you, ha- and if you all of a sudden get off on the wrong foot with somebody, how do you deal with helping somebody who's annoying the crap out of you? 
Nothing, Allie. All patients are perfect and wonderful no. and lovely. And I never feel any kind of way about anyone ever. Not the people that I'm in the waiting room with. The end. Thanks for listening to Drop the Subject. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this one's a little bit tough. And I'm a little bit of two minds of this. So as a nurse practitioner, I my primary job is to assess you, to assess what's going on with you, and to diagnose what is wrong with you, and then come up with a plan to treat it. So prescribing medications, prescribing therapies, etc. So as a nurse practitioner, I kind of act a lot like what you think of a doctor acting like. But I have also been a nurse at the bedside doing what you think of as a nurse doing. So in my current role, I if you don't know what a nurse practitioner is, I sort of function a little bit more like a, like you would think a physician would. We have similar roles, not exactly the same, but very similar. So I kind of am two minds of this because my annoyances when I was a bedside nurse are different than my annoyances now as a nurse practitioner. One of the biggest things, though, I think with either side is when you've already diagnosed yourself ah. and you are not willing to have a conversation about it. <laughs> so, you just want to go in there with a diet. You want, you've already gone through WebMD. You've already looked up what you uh-huh. have. Uh-huh. You definitely have syphilis because of those weird <laughs> spots on your hands. And you want somebody to tell you that you have syphilis and that uh-huh. you've had it for years and that you were asymptomatic until now. And if they don't hear that, they get very angry and don't want to be told that it's not that. And almost not angry, almost more unable to to get out of that. Like, so you can think of like blinders, if you will, like unable to see what's actually going on so that then we can get you to the so your, your treatment. So ultimately, like what, what we're always trying to do is help people get back to being healthy, help people to be feel better, right? Like that literally that just at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. And I've gone to school for a very long time and gone into a lot of debt to be able to know how to do that. And so sometimes it's like, well, I, I do know what I'm doing. And you're right. It kind of sounds like syphilis, but it's not. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes it's like if you if if patients would just have an opportunity to sort of like open their minds a little bit and be like, hey, let me listen to what this person is saying and then consider that instead of we call it anchoring instead of anchoring down on something like this is it. This is what I'm doing. And we also we warn against that as providers. We try not to anchor on something like with if someone comes in and they're like, I have, you know, left sided chest pain. I'm having a heart attack. We, We also try to not be like. Okay, yep, you're having a heart attack because it's our job to make sure that you we don't miss the other thing that could actually be going on that's not a heart attack. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. So um, if someone's super annoying with you about it, are you just you just you can put blinders on, you can put those nurse practitioner little shoe things on and you can just kind of <laughs> go through and push through and be like, I'm here to help this person. Yeah, you know, you you get good at it. You sort of practice it um, because it, it happens kind of a lot more than you you think. Uh, it's also, it's kind of ties in a little bit with um, everyone sort of wants the, the magic fix pill. And uh, medicine and nursing are as much an art as they are a science. And so mm-hmm. there's people mm-hmm. come in automatically like, even if they haven't anchored on one thing, they just want you to give them a pill and fix it and make it go away and just like be done with it. You're right. And it's funny because there are most things like arbitrary things 
don't necessarily have a big solution like allergies a cold (laughs) even like a broken bone sometimes it's just like all right we we, you hear some pain meds go home Uh, even covid it's like all right you're tested positive go home Yep. And okay. it's hard to be told that <laughs> it's really hard because you want you want, you know, I think media has done a lot to do elevate nursing and medicine for sure. But it's also done a thing a lot to put the wrong sort of perceptions in people's brains. And, you know, one thing I tell people, particularly in the like emergency environment is one of the things that the emergency do- room does really well is tell you what's not going on. Emergency Uh rooms and hospitals are not always the best at telling you what is going on. Sometimes that requires follow-up and several more meetings with your primary care provider and going to a specialist and things like that. So I think when some people come in with the expectations, particularly in the emergency environment where they're like, I want you to tell me exactly what this is. I want you to give me something to fix it. And I want to leave here in 33 minutes, by the way, I want to leave here immediately feeling better when really our job is to kind of, especially in the emergency department, to really kind of just make sure you're not like dying in that moment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good, that's a good goal. If you work in ER. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, thank you. Ask the NP. You can always ask anything to James at ask the NP, but next up is news or lose it. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. You know what time it is. Oh, no, you don't. Okay. It's the middle of 11 (laughs) o'clock and it's uh, Thursday and it's time for... Today is Thursday. But you know what? If you're listening to this on the podcast, then you may we may be really screwing you up right now. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't know. What is you're time? Like it is? It's eleven thirty. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so I have three headlines in front of me. That means that you have three choices to make, James. Here is your first headline in News It or Lose It. Phone data shows Americans are moving around more than they should, according to uh yeah, phone data. Phone data. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I have some questions. Okay. Ding. Headline number two, Apple is finally making it easier to unlock your phone with Face ID now that everyone's wearing masks. <sighs> Do you know how frustrating this is sometimes for someone who has to wear a mask a lot? I know. And then finally, headline number three, you won't like what's happening to draft beer right now. Oh, you didn't. You didn't got me, Allie. Oh, All yeah. Three. Oh, yeah. Let's bring it. Let's do it. Let's start with phone data. More than a mm. month since the first pandemic stay-at-home orders in the United States, people are getting antsy now, and it's it's showing in their cell phone records. The median distance that Americans travel each day is beginning to tick up, up, uh, up, oh. especially in the last couple of weeks, well before a handful of states have officially begun reopening their businesses. And stay-at-home owners are meant to stop, of course, blah, 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 stop the spread, grind the halt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, However, they could also cause a resurgence. We all know this as well. The median distance traveled each day. It used to be... Oh, this graph makes no sense. Uh, Let's just read on, shall we? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Screw this graph. (laughs) It's a graph that's like 0.1, 0.4. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Uh, I'm like, okay. I mean, because um, do they move? Do they mean move around like the city that they live in, or they yes. mean like move around their house? 
I, I believe in the city that they live in. Uh, according to aggregated anonymized data from Ugh. geospatial analytic company Orbital Insight, <laughs> the median distance that people traveled hit a low point on April 12th, which was Easter Sunday, which was about a half a mile. That was the average. However, mm. that distance nearly doubled to a mile the following Sunday, April 19th. To come up with the median distance, they used their cell phone location data for 12 million devices. Then they created a radius from the various locations that people visited every day. And that's how they kind of, uh, mm. you know, X and Y access and all that math crap. Uh, so people are starting to venture out. And even you were saying... Dun. Dun, dun. You've been seeing more and more people like in lines for things like now you're starting to hit more traffic when you go to the hospital. Yeah. So people are just kind of like, well, it's summer. And Gavin Newsom was saying <laughs> coronavirus doesn't, doesn't take weekends off. It's not like, OK, right. guys, just because you're go out go on out to the beach. I'll let you guys have this one. You guys go you ahead. Guys, I'm going to stay inside and watch Netflix because since everyone else is caught up on Netflix, I haven't. So like the virus is not saying that. She's not yeah. like hanging out inside. Yeah. No. Uh, very She's going wherever you are. Okay? I mean, I, I, I. Uh, all right, let's move on to Apple and how they're making it easier to unlock your phone with your face because everyone's faces are covered. If you know, I mean, if you have a face ID type of deal, I'm even not... <laughs> This is embarrassing to admit, but my phone is not even able to recognize my actual face. Because <laughs> <laughs> you let, trained it. I've for really a mask let face. myself go that much. No. <laughs> um, oh, so Apple has released a beta iPhone software that makes it easier to unlock your phone without using Face ID. Right now, if you're wearing a mask, you have to lift it or lower it in order to unlock your phone. Otherwise. It, you know, it's a, it's very annoying, but it adds up. And the new beta three code, which was released uh, this week, I believe yesterday, <laughs> Apple has simplified the unlock process for folks wearing masks by bringing the passcode field to the main screen. So you don't have to swipe up, you know, if it's not recognizing over and over again, you have to try the face ID a couple of times Multiple before times. you have to yeah. swipe up and it gives you the screen, the, the passcode screen. So that so will come up sooner. They didn't make it easier or make them more recognized. So imagine being someone who has to wear a face mask all the time and gloves or your hands are dirty or something like that. And like you're in an environment where you get pages on your phone. So you have to look at the part your phone to be like, why is this person paging me? But I'm in full PPE. Never mind. I have to completely take off my gloves, wash my hands, pull my phone. You know what I mean? Like oh, sometimes you just want to be able to look down and look over your phone and then like see the message and then go like go back to what you're doing. And anyway, yeah, they ugh. have to have a better way to do this. I mean, like you should have face ID and then mask face ID. And you know how you move your head around? <laughs> right. You can just do uh, that yeah, same exact that thing with your with, with your mask on, okay? Hello. But you should sure. be able to swipe instead of having to try Face ID at all because you know it's not going to work. You should be able to swipe up and just go to directly to the passcode. And doesn't that doesn't help with uh, with uh, having to take your gloves off and wash your hands and all that? But at least helps a tad. It's and then finally, yeah. a beer lover's nightmare. They are no. dumping out craft brew right now. <gasps> no. What are the hipsters going to do? Demand for draft beer has dried up and kegs and cans are being disposed of. They don't need new inventory and they can't just let this beer sit forever. So a lot of breweries are deciding to send more than 900 gallons of perfectly good beer down the drain. Oh, no. And then now the fish are going to get drunk. Oh, well, that is a silver lining. It's not even happy yet.
beginnings yet. Oh, there damn you it, go. That was my happy ending. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, I'm officially upset because what we're about to talk about is uh, why some students, some college students, are protesting right now. And when I hear people are protesting, it's usually. I, I usually get irate because they're usually protesting for dumb reasons like reopen America or like I want to get my <laughs> nails done and my hair did and it's like you know what calm down people are sick okay this virus right. has killed more people than the Vietnam War officially so why don't we just take a chill pill but then when I see students protesting because they are paying for perks that they don't necessarily have anymore I can kind of get behind this. Some students Mm -hmm. are filing lawsuits. They're organizing strikes against the universities because they want refunds for things like housing, meal plans, tuition, a shortened academic year, all of these things that they are not getting access to, that they are paying a lot of money for. And I can kind of understand. I mean, it makes me what makes me irate is it makes me think about my own apartment complex that I live in because there's a, a little pool area. It's like a little communal pool. Um, but it's actually been under construction for several months. And now, because of this, we're all not able to use it anyway. And that's an amenity, damn it. And I'm paying for a damn <laughs> amenity that I'm not getting access to. And the gym's closed. We got a little, the little baby fitness center. So those are the things that they use to sell you on. Oh, man, mm-hmm. you're not only getting this uh, place that used to be Section 8 housing. We've converted it, put new windows in it, fake countertops. And you have a pool and a gym. And you're like, woo. And then when you don't get access to those things, I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I should get on the street and start protesting. Right. Should I even be having to pay for all these things that I'm not getting? I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. No university. I am not employed as a professor at a university. I do work at a university affiliated hospital system. Ah, you're working Uh, for the man, James. uh, (laughs) But I am not, I am not being paid. And this is, trust me, I have paid, I have taken out my fair share of student loans and money for a whole bunch of services that I have not needed or used in 12 years of school. Trust me. So I'm with you. However, There is something going on here. Like under the CARES Act, for instance, campuses across the country were to get $14 billion in total aid, which the American Council on Education is like, okay, thank you, drop in the bucket. But like if you tally up, so you know the average cost of school, like the the school that I went to for my undergrad, Drake University, it's one of the top five private schools in the Midwest. It's like they like the top themselves. I've heard of Drake, yeah. Yeah, sure. So I went to Drake, great school, loved it, whatever. At the time I went there, it was like $26,000 a year. It's, oh. I think it's like $42,000 a year now or something. Which so is you still take, low. <laughs> right. You take $42,000 a year for what is considered to be like a tier A or tier 1A kind of school. Multiply it by the 3,600 students that are at Drake. Multiply it by whatever. They're, all the monies that they receive from sports, all these other things that they're not getting right now. These schools are going to go under. So while I'm also, while I'm told I am a student who is paying for services at a large university that I can't use right now, like I'm one of these students, I'm also like, okay, well, wait a minute. We can't just refund everybody their damn money because if you refund everybody their money, even maybe certain percentages of the money, is there a school to go back to? Like just speaking in sort of hypotheticals, like is there a school to go back to? Yeah, but aren't they spending less money as well? Like, yeah, they're not making a lot of money right now, but they're also not spending as much money as they would be spending. I guess um, maybe it's just because I don't understand how the math works. If you think Mm -hmm. if it's like forty two thousand dollars a year per student, that 
amasses to like $70 billion in my mind. And I'm like, why oh. can't you use that? Like, wh- why is there no... Like, why, why are some of these money? schools... Yeah, like, that even just giving some kids some reef, like, at least even a portion, like, even a, t- a little 10% or a 5% or something back is going to yeah. make the school go under? What is all that I money mean, being spent on? Well, I hope it won't go make it go under. Yeah, and again, I'm sort of being devil's advocate here. I'm sort of being like, all right, because, you know, I'm one to grab a sign and go, like, you know, rally or whatever. Like, I, I fully admit that. But there's a group at, at University of Chicago, shout out to Chi-Town, um, organizer with U Chicago for Fair Tuition. It's a student group of about 500 activist students who are petitioning the University of Chicago, which is a private institution, by the way, for a 50% reduction in spring quarter tuition. Oh, well, that's elimination of it, it, that's a lot well but it might i mean listen if you you did the math like really does the school need seven <laughs> billion dollars or whatever right but like elimination of all student yeah. fees and reinstitution of part-time status for students an option that was removed from them in 2016 apparently they can't be a part-time students they have to just be like full-time and pay that fee so i mean listen from someone who has a lot of experience with a like higher education, the system is jacked up. So maybe like lots of other institutions, maybe this is a time for some course correction when it comes to institutions of higher education. Possibly. Well, we're going to get to the actual legal talk with a an expert when we get back because uh, there are some crazy things going on from the Trump-Pence administration. Not that that's a surprise, but we no. have to break it down with David Hackenfarr from Pride Legal about some of the, uh, the health benefits that are being threatened when it comes to LGBT uh, brothers and sisters. So we will get to that when we get back. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back. It's Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. And we've been wanting to talk about some of the latest anti-LGBT things that are happening from the Trump-Pence administration, particularly having to do with the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, They are one step closer to finalizing a, a major change to some of the federal regulations um, that protect LGBT people. So we thought it would be great to get David Hackamfar on. David Hackamfar from Pride Legal. We haven't had you on the show in some time. Welcome back. Well, glad to be back. It's been a minute. Hope everybody's healthy out there. Yes, we are. We are muddling through, and we just wanted to kind of go through some of the broad strokes of of what's happening here. Because I know for somebody like me who's not well versed in in court proceedings, I'm like, where is this in the scheme of things it seems like they're taking a step closer though it hasn't finalized yet where are we at with this okay well let's unpack what's going on here now there's a section 1557 of the affordable care act and there were a few protections in there that would prevent specific non-discrimination to people based on their sex gender identity and association there's going to be some changes uh, specifically, it would it would uh, it would protect discrimination against. They, they remove protections against sex, gender identity, and association. They also propose to make what it referred as limited conforming amendments in ten other regulations. These changes would remove explicit non discrimination protections for LGBT LGBT by eliminating sexual orientation and gender identity from other HHS regulations like non-discrimination standards for qualified health plans and the marketplace. And that could affect other things that are unrelated to Section 1557, 
and long predated the 2016 rule, which was implemented under Obama. Hmm. Okay. So, uh. so yeah, that makes sense. And it's similar to, to what's going on in the Supreme Court right now, which they're hearing some cases about gender and sexual orientation discrimination in the workplace. Right. So this is more in the healthcare system. And the timing of this is very interesting, too, because it seems like some shady stuff is going down right under our noses when everyone is worried about, oh, I don't know, a pandemic. So do you think that that is intentional? It must be. Well, it's it must be intentional because right now there is no clear law on this. Remember, when Obama implemented this, this was more of a guideline under the HHS. So it could be amended with a new president because the legislature hasn't specifically voted on this. This isn't a statute. This is more common law right now because it's being dangled in the court. Really, what's going to decide? There are three cases before the Supreme Court now, which all kind of predate to a case that comes back 30 years ago, which extended the definition of what was sexual discrimination, sexual orientation discrimination, as well as gender discrimination. And that was from the PricewaterhouseCooper case, where a woman named Ann Hopkins brought a claim against her employer for denying her partnership in the firm due to her inability to conform to sexual stereotypes about how women should act and present themselves in the workplace. It's very interesting. It reflected an understanding that discrimination because of a characteristic that has historically limited someone's opportunity whether their sex, their race, or some other aspect of their identity, it can take various forms. Hmm. Now, David, if you can maybe explain a little bit about, you know, as I work as a nurse practitioner in, in a large hospital adjacent with an emergency department, and we talk a lot about EMTALA, which is sort of like uh, on a larger scale, like this, this law that says we cannot deny care to anybody in an emergency situation. And so... Um, you know, I believe that the head of the Roger Severino, yeah, who's the director of HHS Civil Rights Office, is saying that these new non-discrimination rules would not allow providers to deny services to like trans patients, let's say, in need of an emergency situation. He doesn't see a conflict with that between EMTALA, but I think other, you know, legal rights organizations are saying, well, yeah, you're actively saying that you are protected if you discriminate based on gender identity, sexuality, et cetera, but then that seems to conflict directly with EMTALA. Do you have some sort of thoughts on how this might impact individuals in that sort of sort of setting? Yeah, you, you raise you raise a good point there. And ultimately it's gonna take brave people to act on their conscience to ultimately help people. This doesn't mean that that they're not going to be able to receive care. What it means is that they may not be able to file discrimination cases. What's interesting is that 56% of LGB people and 70% of transgender and nonconforming people have reported experiencing discrimination by healthcare providers, including what you said, refusal of care. It could be harsh language. It could even be physical roughness. There's a lot out there going on, but it's going to depend on on you, you good people to uh, hopefully fight against that. Now, say worst case scenario, this thing does go through and then switch to the best case scenario where Donald Trump is no longer our president in 2021. How long does this take? Would this take to undo? 
Like, would it take a year? Would it take many years? Is there any clarity on that? The president ultimately is the one that would would propose a new rule to the Department of Health and Human Services. Obviously, that would have to be constitutional. But right now, because there are three cases and ongoing litigation, it's not really sure yet. Hmm. And it's more than just a denial of care also. It's also allowed health providers to not perform an abortion if they have a, you know, if they claim a religious exemption. It also hurts people that don't speak English. It takes away some major language access requirements that were there before. So there are a lot more other things here. It's, it's, it's not just on sex. It's uh, on language, too. Well, and the, speaking of language, I think this is really so interesting. And this is kind of the tone deafness of Severino and that the civil rights, uh, HHS civil rights office, you know, anticipating backlash from this sort of the, the, they're actually emphasizing that this overhaul of these non-discrimination rules also include rolling back mandates that require accommodations for people with disabilities and those who don't speak English proficiently, which was part of the Obama era rules that were saying that the, you had to require uh, documents documents be mailed to individuals in at least 15 different languages that apparently costs the uh, HHS like $3.2 billion over five years. So they're basically saying, well, we're doing this to save money, right? Uh, not having to print something right. in 15 languages and like being able to discriminate against people without consequences are, are, are they're, they're, I don't know. They're not the same to me. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting points. Yeah. Well, David, I wish we could talk to you for longer, but we must let you go. And um, we w- I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon. David Hackamfar from Pride Legal. Where can people fi- find you and follow you? Not in a creepy w- way. <laughs> www.pridelegal.com or david at pridelegal.com. Uh, I'm here. Okay. Thank you. We're we here and queer. Oh, I'll talk to you soon, David. <laughs> Take care now. Thanks, David. Bye. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I know when it comes to the current state of our country, it's important to remain together when we are separate and alone. But when it comes to food, should the food remain separate or should it remain together? That is the very important question we are about to answer are you a food combiner? Are you, oh, I've got all these things on my plate. Why don't I just just jumble them all up into my own little weird jambalaya and just mm. shove it down the old hatch and say things like, well, it comes out that way. <laughs> or <laughs> it comes out that ain't like it goes in. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm going to make it. It doesn't matter. Or are you a, an upstanding individual who properly separates your food so that you can maximize the taste of each individual food that you're eating? Whoa. For example, if you... A, a tomato on a sandwich? Get that out of here. I don't want it. What? A, a, a tomato that I could bite into or just eating a slice of tomato with a slice of avocado? That is a real treat. Avocado? I don't... Avocado? I don't like it when certain foods are mixed together that shouldn't be. <laughs> to the point where when I was a kid, everyone loves McDonald's, right? Yeah, I mean, anyone yeah. who's like, I, even people who I haven't had McDonald's in 10 years will say they love McDonald's. Right. Like, I even, even like the like vegany, like I don't touch any processed anything in my life. Like at some point in their life, they were like, I love McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's programmed in all of us as Americans. Right. And when I was a kid, I would, I mean, anytime that my 
parents asked me what I wanted for dinner, I would scream McDonald's <laughs> so loud in their ears. That's all I wanted always right. was McDonald's. And so when we went there, we'd get a Happy Meal and I would get the Happy Meal cheeseburger. I never got the Nuggos. Mm-hmm. And I would take the cheeseburger. I would remove the top bun, eat that. Then I would remove Just the like patty. By, by itself. Yes, okay. just by itself uh-huh. because it had all of the uh, the chopped up onions and the little uh, pickle stuff uh-huh. and the ketchup and mustard. It was a good just soaking wet bun with all of the, the toppings. Right, sure. Then I would eat the meat with the cheese on it because it was meat and cheese with a little bit of the mixture on top of that. And I could sit there and enjoy the meat patty with the cheese separate from the top bun, then I would take the bottom bun and throw it in the garbage <laughs> and eat the fries. This this was your thing. This was like, <laughs> that's awesome. Did you ever eat them all together? Like, did you ever just take like a full bite? When I was a kid, I'm sure I did at one point. And then I was like, you know, what's a lot better if I just eat these individually because you can maximize the taste of each individual part of the burger when you eat it separately. And that's why, you know, people make fun of me. If I go to In-N-Out, I get protein style, but it's because I really do love the taste of that beef with the cheese and the toppings on it. I feel like in a lot of ways, the bread gets in the way. Same thing with a lot of uh, sandwiches. It's I'm very picky about sandwiches because the bread to meat and fix in ratio has got to be proper for sure. me to want them all together. I am not against taking apart the sandwich and eating like I would go into the fridge and eat just turkey and cheese rolled together and eat that rather than putting it into a formal sandwich. Right. Right. I mean, I, I do that sometimes from like a conservation of calorie and carb sort of standpoint, like a good little gay, like <clears throat> I try to do those things, but I, I do what it makes me think of immediately, Ali is people who are chefs and who make food and who are like, I craft everything to put together for to taste exactly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this. Right. And so there's something about that too, even with sandwiches. Like if you go to a good deli, there's a big difference between whether you get it on rye or sourdough, right? Like you, there are big difference, huge, huge differences. And so then if you're all of a sudden, someone has crafted this perfect sandwich, Roy, Ray McDonald, is that what his name was? Ray McDonald crafted the perfect <laughs> Big Mac for you. The point is to eat it with the bun. That's how it's supposed to taste. Well, okay, I see your point. In the terms of the Popeye's chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich, I absolutely agree that it was important to eat that entire sandwich as God had written it to be. (laughs) Right. And now I will eat a sandwich regular, but I will still eat hot dogs by themselves. I will go into the fridge, take out a hot dog, put a line of of, um, mustard on it, Uh and pop it right in my mouth. No bun, no nothing, no relish. Do you know nope. one one of the one of the things that hot dogs reminded me of it and where you know I I lived in Chicago for a long time and so you know you just don't put ketchup on hot dogs in Chicago you just don't but I I'm a big when it comes to like weird food things condiment sort of things have to be done in the right way like I can't just slather ketchup yeah. on like anything or no. or mustard or mayo now I will stand an amazing chicken or tuna salad with a bunch of mayo in it but I don't want mayo on my sandwich I don't want it to like drizzle off, but I think the worst thing, worse than the way you eat McDonald's, Allie, worse than anything is my husband who eats his amazingly crafted, lovingly fried by me on the weekends, bacon with ketchup. Mm. Oh no. Anyone who eats a delicious meat with ketchup, 
I mean, went no. outside of a burger scenario. No, that's blasphemy. On the cancel list. We have a cancel list. It's getting longer and longer. You're being canceled. So <laughs> that guy who threw his cat and people who put ketchup on meats like bacon and steak. Uh, agreed. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad we got that out of the yeah. way. More drop the subject. These are the questions that matter. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, drop the subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson, who I don't know. You know, Allie. Do you think differently sometimes, of me? Sometimes you feel like you know somebody, <laughs> and then you learn about how they eat McDonald's when they're a child. I don't uh, do that anymore, though I do still uh-huh. eat hot dogs straight out of the fridge. I mean, I'm not judging, but maybe I am a little bit. Well, uh, you know you know what, Mr. Pickle? <laughs> there's, there's only one, maybe two types of pickles. Okay, and in an about face, putting the country and voting in something of a pickle, huh? You like what? that one. <laughs> um, listen. The 26th Amendment, who to thunk, is going to take on maybe potentially newfound importance in the pandemic. So if you have not brushed up on your constitution and your bill of rights and all that jazz, yeah, the 26th Amendment. Yeah, what is it? You, can I, should I break it down for you? Please do, uh, because I, I get, well, I know like the first three. Right. I, maybe I do too, maybe. So the, <laughs> kidding. Uh, okay, so it came out of the Vietnam War. When 18-year-olds were essentially protesting that they were old enough to be drafted, but not old enough to cast a ballot. So they were protesting, and when this was brought forth, less than 100 days later, that's like super fast in modern, like kind of modern times of mm. creating an amendment, uh, an amendment was put into the Constitution's right, our rights, that you get to vote at age 18, which before it was age 21. Oh, so, because you're, if you, so if you're old enough to be drafted, you're old enough to vote. You're old enough to vote, right? Which seems to make a lot of sense right now, except, unfortunately, you know, there's all this talk about how we might not have a traditional go to the polls on Tuesday and vote in our general presidential election this fall, and that we may need to move that into a vote by mail type of situation. But, you know... Republican lawmakers are possibly trying to respond to that potentiality by trying to limit the access of mail-in voting. What? (laughs) (laughs) They're they're essentially trying to take advantage. My tiny brain hurts. There's been so much legal stuff today. I'm like, what? I know, right? So there's laws on the books to help Republicans do this in one regard. So actually seven states permit only elderly voters to mail in their ballots. Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Texas grant this privilege to voters 65 and older. Tennessee extends it to those who are 60 and older. And Kentucky only bestows it upon voters of, quote, what they call advanced age. (laughs) Women of a certain age. They just like (laughs) one of those really nice Southern ways of saying you're old AF. (laughs) Women of a certain age, yes, is a bless your heart. People in their 20s, is a bless, anyone who's a bless your heart. Anyone who's a bless your heart, honey. So younger people who want to vote by mail in these states must give a reason, such as a serious illness or absence from the state on election day. But that we all might be in our states, but we might not be able to go to the polls because of the Rona 
And we might need to mail in our ballots, but in these states, they might actually enforce these laws that say, unless you are over 65 or of advanced age, you can't mail in your ballot. Well, great. That's great news. Thanks so much, James. Yeah, all the people that are young and trying to change our future cannot vote because they have to vote by mail. Where, I mean, this is like old people comfort zone. I mean, this is like... Yeah. Young people having to mail have to do, having to do physical mail is the equivalent of an old person trying to use a tablet. It's <laughs> well, it's like a new territory like, for them. Well, not only is it new territory, but they're not going to allow it. They're not going to let. Th- here's no, yeah. the thing. This is this is why this effectively younger people on the whole, not everyone, but like if you just look at the numbers on the whole are not voting for Donald Trump. They're also no, they're not necessarily yeah. voters, right? But they tend to be progressive, which means if there's less progressive votes going towards who would presumably be Joe Biden, right? This is kind of an issue. And it's really a big deal. And I think these, this is another one of those things that's sort of sliding under the radar right now in the middle of like the coronavirus and whether or not we should use UV lights in our butts and bleach and all these other <laughs> things. Like... People are being distracted by these things that are going on. And ultimately, one of the most important things that is going to happen is this election this fall. And we we cannot and shall not forget about it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is. I mean, the fact that this is happening, they are searching for all of these BS loopholes and they are going to exploit them as much as possible in order to win the election. Um, But the good news is that we are going to get into something else next. Okay. Mm. I mean, I know that this is upsetting people, but we are going to make Jesse upset for a change young people watching old movies is up next drop the subject the new channel q we must do this today because we did not get to it last week this is drop the subject with ali and james simmons and uh, our producer jesse is a youngin he's about uh, i'd say in this mid 20s 17 oh oh mid-20s. he looks very tiny he looks like he if like if he told me he was 18 i'd be like all right that, yeah, that tracks pretty- Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And his movie experience would also support that because he has not seen anything. He Anything before, I would say, 2007, Oh, he's not seen. You're being, I was going to say like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what we're doing here is we are doing young people watching old movies. We are giving movie, uh, movie assignments to Jesse. He must watch those movies, however long and boring they may seem. And then he must sum them up in 30 seconds or less. It's young people watching old movies. He has already watched some like it hot and true grit. And there have been a lot of nominations as to what he should watch this week. Nominations include taxi driver. (laughs) Old De Niro. Yeah, some Shawshank Redemption, but I will say Jesse, I believe, has actually seen that movie. Uh, uh-huh. Jaws. If we're gonna go, so what genre should we really go in? Should we go like classic beaches hmm. type territory? Should we go oh real old my. like Citizen Kane classics, or should we move over into like sci-fi regions? Kind of like like there. Well, I feel like we need to save. You know, we should save beaches for like the week that we're all set free. <laughs> and then we, we force Jesse to have to, to stay, stay in home and, watch, and beaches. watch beaches. So let's let's wait. I don't want it to be action packed or anything like that on the week that we have to get out. Let's save beaches for that. Um, and I'm not sure we need to warm him up a little bit more. I feel like like the original Godfather or Godfather Two, Casablanca, Citizen Kane. He, we're not quite at the like cognitive capacity yet to sum those up in 30 mm-hmm. seconds or less. So we're massaging his boredom gently. We just need to, yeah, yeah. We need to sort of ramp 
them up. So I'm with you on the sci-fi. I, I think okay. Jesse's a little bit of a sci-fi guy. Like, but I'm I'm into sci-fi horror. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is Event Horizon. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen oh Event Horizon. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> so and it's it's Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, it's it's just awesome. I literally you should watch it tonight. It's fantastic. Um, it's maybe not quite old enough for it to be like young people watching old movies, but it's really great. And it ends up being like super crazy scary in a few parts. Uh, and I dig it. So I like that genre. Okay, great. Let's 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 stay in there with, um, hmm, maybe the, I've got, well, contact is a great movie. Maybe it's not that old. Oh, uh, uh, the Jodie I'm Foster contact? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really like, good. Oh, it's you, Dad, like at the very end. <laughs> uh, I forgot you have a Jodie Foster voice. <laughs> I just want you to have a little bit of vision. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, we can go original, like like Predator, Alien oh. type. Uh, I mean, we've gotten some suggestions as far as like Pulp Fiction and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think if we're going to do a 2001 A Space Odyssey has been recommended before. But I think, I don't know, I'm kind of thinking Alien. Yeah, I, I, I'm i there. I'm totally with you on Alien. I feel like maybe uh, Jesse needs a little Sigourney Weaver in his life. Like, and, Who doesn't? And, I mean, hello. And... There, that movie was like such a trend. In fact, I brought up Event Horizon, but quite honestly, so much of Event Horizon is like borrowed from Alien that it just it set off not only like franchising sci-fi horror movies, but also like they didn't. I think they shot it in a really weird way. If there's any film buffs out there listening, I feel like this was the first time they used a certain type of camera or technique or something. And it like completely changed how we do movies. I also feel like it was one of the first big horror movies, maybe other than Jaws that actually did gangbusters Gang, yeah. at, at the box office. Now what year? Well, I think that should be our official assignment. And okay. what year was it? Oh, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to say it was right near, Probably 78, 79, oh 80, my. somewhere in there. Oh, my God. 79. Was it really? <laughs> I could not believe I saw that, and I was like, 79? I thought it was at I least in the that, 80s. That movie's old. Yeah. It's like the totally, it's like the weirdest feeling on Earth that it's, you're like, wait, that movie was. Like, I remember being in a blockbuster and seeing that and being like, whoa, this movie's supposed to be crazy. <laughs> and I mean, I was like four or five or something like that. But still, man, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So your, your official movie assignment, Jesse, is Alien. Happy watching. We will look forward to your 30 second submission. I believe we can give you, we'll, we'll give you the weekend, all right? No, and we'll save the really long ones like Lawrence of Arabia. I agree with you, James, for when <laughs> quarantine is lifted. More Drop the Subject returns after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. It's Thursday, it's Drop the Subject, it's Allie, and it's James, and I am looking at Brandon Mills of The Mills Method. We decided to bring you back, Brandon, because, let's face it, everyone's still trying to prevent gaining the quarantine 15. A lot of people that I know are doing at-home workouts, and they're kind of going through the motions, they're, they're making sure they're moving their body a little more each day, some people more so than before all this happened. But the question that I'm getting from people that we wanted to bring to you, Brandon, was how do you know when you need to take it up a notch? I think some people have been doing this for three, four weeks now, maybe not seeing the results that they're looking for. What can people do to kind of 
switch gears, maybe a higher well, gear. Well, Allie, James, first and foremost, thank you for having me back. It's always good to see both of you, especially on a bright and sunny Thursday morning. It's so bright. It's so bright, so bright and so sunny. And it's not just because I have on my ring light, but um, yeah. Um, also, I think we're still on the quarantine 20, although I do appreciate the quarantine 15. True. I'm just going to keep pushing you on it because if, if the goal is to get a little bit higher, to get a bit a little bit lower, we're still going to be in a good boat. But I think people are frustrated with a whole bunch of things that are going on right now. Everyone's still stuck at home. We really, I mean, we kind of have ends in sight, depending on where you are and what state you're in, really, how that looks and how it's affecting your mind. But there are a ton of ways you can step it up when you're at home. And really, the answer is just in the single word of intensity. So... First and foremost, as a fitness professional, I have to say, if you are looking to step up your intensity with your at-home workouts, you need to make sure that it is within a realm that you can accomplish it. As I said to you guys last time when I was on here, now is not the time to go into some crazy new fitness routine that you've never, ever tried before. But if you're doing at-home workouts and you've got, let's say, one that you just particularly love and it involves air squats or jump jump squats or jumping jacks to increase the intensity all you have to do is increase the speed in which you do it so if you think about if you increase the speed and then drop the time you're trying to do more reps in a shorter period of time the intensity goes through the roof and i know i spoke to you guys briefly about a tabata protocol last time uh, we had this conversation. But again, the shorter bursts of really high intensity energy take the calorie level of output through the roof. I, I had a very short, uh, I tried to sort of, I was hearing you in my brain the other day when I, I decided to run again. I've been, uh, I haven't really, really run in several months. And so I went on a run and I was like, all right, I'm going to do like sprints. Mm -hmm. And I did sprint running. And then my hip was like, no, we're not, we're not doing this right now. <laughs> Sprint running right? is a no for you, James. They're like, no, nope, we're not going to do this. You, uh, you're an idiot. Because of course I was like, I haven't run, I hadn't run four miles in three months probably, but I was like, I'm going to run four miles. Cause you know, nothing's changed in the last three months, of course. <laughs> um, so I do, I do love this. And I, I felt like cardiovascularly, I felt great. And I knew that was going to be a good thing, but I also was then I didn't run for three days after that. Well, James, that's a really good point. And back to what we we're seeing a lot, we're limited in what we can do here in terms of what's available to us for exercise. James, you've still got a bike, I assume, in your house. I, I do, yeah. And, you know, but if let's talk about people specifically with running. Um, that's something that if you're not used to doing can be incredibly retroactively impactful on the body. If you're not used to carrying your own weight, the science behind it is the initial movement is overcoming inertia. So literally fighting the planet with every single step at an elevated rate. Again, you're correct. Intensity is going to go through the roof. But if you're not used to doing something like that, it really does increase your availability to get injured. And as we've said many times, and as we all know, you don't want to get hurt at home right now and not be able to do anything because then the conversation is going to go into rehab at home, which is way above my pay grade. No. So, uh, <laughs> so what, what you need to do if you're thinking about running and increasing intensity, if you're not a runner, start with a walk. 
do what you know we can all do. You do it every day and then slowly start increasing the speed of that. After you've done that for a day or two, making sure your shins don't hurt or at least get to know your neighborhood, find a place where you can do those smaller runs over the next few days and work up to it. We've got plenty of time here, guys. Nobody's really saying that, you know, (laughs) we've got to run a marathon by Friday. That's the wrong set of thinking. Again, we have to make smart goals. So if you decide that you want to start running, then make sure you do it and integrate it over a period of time. Increase your speed slowly push it up just a little bit. And again, listen to your body because it is the only thing that is going to keep you from truly getting hurt. Because as we all know right now, you can't have me as your trainer or anybody else with you at every single moment like you're used to at the gym. Brandon, be real with me here. Are there some people that are just not runners? They're just not like, oh. I'm, I am possibly one of the, oh, you're raising your hand. Oh, not a runner. So no, are you saying like, is it that like, if you can talk, you can sing. If you can walk, you can uh, dance. Is, is it that? Or are you just like, you know what? You're not a runner. Don't do it. You're just not. That, that is 100% correct. And I mean, listen, guys, even if you were a runner in middle school or high school for the track team or cross country, that's been 20 years for most of us that are listening right now. If what that's not, about? well, listen, it's not out of college. I don't, College is different, James. How dare you? James, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think any of us were runners for our colleges. That's a little bit of a different game here. Look at the screen grab here, all right? None of us are runners. Right. Um, but that being said, just remember, this is just about trying to stay healthy right now. This is not the time to try and go out and break the body bank of doing things that you're not used to doing. It's a fun idea because we're all bored and we're all looking for something that's a quick fix still. There's nothing quick about what's going on right now. There is nothing quick about what is going to change over the next several months to potentially a year. And there is absolutely no reason that you need to try and go kill yourself today for a benefit that you're not going to see tomorrow. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about shakes. People love them. And James is, uh, are you drinking a shake right now, Brandon? Is that mm. in that coffee oh, mug? No, it's coffee. That's, <laughs> we're <laughs> going to talk shake. about how to take the nutrition up a notch as well. If you are taking your fitness up a notch, that when we get back, drop the subject returns. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, we're right back with Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, and we are on with Brandon Mills of the Mills Method. He is answering all of our fitness and health questions, and we talked in the last break about how to kind of ramp up your at-home fitness and also when to know and kind of be easy on yourself when it comes to taking up the task of running, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with it. But in terms of nutrition, when I hear the word shake, I start to shake. I'm like, nah, no. <laughs> but oh, were you doing the shake weight, Brandon? That was that, that was the shake weight. Ah, shake, shake weight. weight. <laughs> too early, too early on a Thursday to be thinking that way. You stop no, it. not at all. What does the shake? The shake weight doesn't work, right, Brandon? Oh, it does in certain ways, but okay. we're not going to get into that. That's a top, <laughs> okay. that's right. that's a definitely oh. a Friday conversation. Well, wow, <laughs> that is all right. We know what we're going to talk about when we bring you back. Yes. <laughs> But as far as, as doing a shake plan when you're at home, it can seem like that's when I think of that, I think of something that I would probably be into be into for like a week. And then the following week, I'd be like, all right, back to mac and cheese. I can't do this. How can people do this in a way that they won't get kind of shake burnout? Do you have like a specific COVID shake that's maybe a little easier? 
Well, let's, let's, let's start with the shake basics first. Okay. Again, going back to that, we're all trying to watch our weight right now. And again, 99% of us are not in a place where we can continue on a routine that would allow us to build huge muscles right now. And that's mostly relegated to the males that I'm speaking to out there, but I'm not going to discount. There's plenty of females out there that are super strong and also want to build size. However, if you're trying to watch your weight at home, there still are some great ways to do it. And I do think that meal replacement shakes are one of those things. So let's start with that in the beginning. If you found that you have gained a little extra weight, you would also probably find that you've been eating a little more poorly and a little more often than you normally do. We're at home, we're bored, you think about it, you just go grab a snack, and it's that mindless eating and caloric intake that can really creep up on you super fast. Remember, only 100 extra calories a day can add 10 pounds to your weight over the course of a year. Yeah. And, yeah. Seriously. And 100 calories a day extra is nothing. I mean, it's, it's a bite. Nothing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bite of, of some things. Now, caveat, that's assuming that you're an absolute lethargic, non-moving individual talking about that but it's just (laughs) it's just that simple so what are shakes if you have a meal that you would normally say i'm going to sit down and i'll make this that and the other it has a certain caloric value if you you have a meal replacement shake that's all you're doing is replacing calories so the fun part about shakes is it doesn't matter what you want that meal replacement to be it can be a fruit-based shake that's got lots of fiber and other things in it that are really wonderful. Or it can also be a peanut butter and chocolate shake because it is a caloric value replacement. And that is all fitness is. And it's very interesting to start to think about it that way. But we're just talking about calories in, calories out here. So if you know that the general recommendation is that you're supposed to ingest around 2,000 calories a day. My suggestion to all my clients is right now, you should drop that down to about 12 to 1,500 for two reasons. One, everybody's exercising less. Call it what you want. You're exercising less than you're normally used to. You're not up and moving around an office or walking from a parking lot into a store as much as usual. So your activities of daily living are much less than they normally would be. So we should all think about dropping that caloric intake a little bit. Now, again, if you are exercising more than you normally would because you are not um, at your job and you've got more time, you might not need to do that. But speaking just in the realm of needing a meal replacement shake, start by taking just one meal a day. I usually suggest lunch or breakfast because it's the easiest one to do and make yourself a shake that has a nice high caloric value. Drink it slowly and it'll fill you up. I like to go to anything that's a whey-based protein, anything that if you want to take it later in the day, if it's a lunchtime thing and you want to last it so that you're not as hungry by dinner, make sure that there's a casein whey or a casein protein in there. All these things you can read online, super easy to find out about which one does what, but finding one meal replacement shake a day that you can work into your routine so that you're not ingesting as much just normal snacky food. If I were to say if I had a go-to protein shake, my favorite is a chocolate whey-based protein with a frozen banana in it and then add a big old scoop of peanut butter to mm, it Yeah, every time. And if you want to get real frisky, put in some vanilla extract. It's literally heaven on earth. You and stop it. You're crazy. It's good for you. I'm crazy. This is so just, crazy. I'm out of control. Ugh, so frisky. Vanilla extract. It's the what? vanilla extract. I'm telling you, add to it. 
James, what kind of shake are you doing? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing like a it's a keto meal replacement shake, and it's a it's not the worst. It's probably about 230 calories per serving. A serving's two scoops, and I usually just mix it with a little almond milk, and that's about it. So from a caloric standpoint, it's not bad at all. And I usually just do one as a sort of a breakfast replacement. And I don't know. I feel like my weight has sort of just maintained. Like I haven't really. I'm that guy who can gain and lose like five pounds in a day. I'm super, super salt sensitive. I'm super, it's not fat loss that's happening that like it's water, right? I'm very, I'm super sensitive to that. I also take a diuretic. So I know that uh, when I've been really good on my salt, my water weight goes down. The scale is shorter the next day. It's not weight loss, but I've only danced around two or three pounds every day, which for me is pretty good. So I think maybe this thing is helping me at least like stay level during quarantine. I mean, that's as much as literally that's as much as any of us can ask for right now. Staying level is winning this um, at home fitness game, no matter how you shake a stick at it. And again, seeing that we've got plenty of time before there is any hope of being back at a gym setting. um, Maintenance is key to surviving your mental aspects of trying not to be too self-deprecating when you wake up every morning and get on a scale or look in the mirror. And also everybody, please keep in mind with everything else that's going on right now and the extreme amount of change, the, the normalcy, even within your own mind of how you react to your own self body image, or even more importantly, a stupid number on a scale, scale that back. Because everybody's in the same boat right now. Everybody needs to stay as positive and as healthy as they can. And doing anything is always more than doing nothing. So don't drop into the bad place of you have to look like an Adonis or be Wonder Woman right now. That's just not where we're at. No, just watching. Hashtag no summer bod. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag no summer, James. Let's yeah. just call Hashtag it no summer. Right? Summer's canceled. Brandon, <laughs> Sorry, before right. we go, just wanted to uh, give you a business proposition: dinner shakes, mm. meat and potatoes. Do you want to go into business together? Uh, you mean in a blender, like a nice little ninja with yes. a good little yeah. Um, Allie, I think it's got legs. I think we okay. Could thank you. All right, hit that, I'll, yeah. I'll ping you. If I'll we, ping you. About if we that. can add vanilla extract, I'm in. <laughs> Or, All right, got or it. it's what we feed people without teeth in the hospital, but just saying. Hey, also I, true. I think there's still a market there, James. Uh, Brandon Mills, thank you so much. You can find Brandon. Where can people find you? At the Mills Method, correct? At the Mills Method on the Instagram is still the easiest. Or if you want to shoot me an email with any questions, if anyone is still emailing, it's Brandon at BrandonMillsFitness.com. Great. Thanks, Brandon. We'll talk to you soon. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. We have made it to the second News It or Lose It. I am James Simmons. I am not Allie Johnson, but she's also here. And I believe she has a dinger, binger, clinger, banger. Oh, thank you. What a compliment. Oh, I mean, hey. How about this? No, 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 no. Hey, no, that was good. This? I feel like that was. No, that was no. worse. That was the second. No, no. I liked the first dinger, binger, clinger, banger. Nope. Oh, no. Two you're, rocks. you're going down. <laughs> Wrong way. Wrong way. Uh, all right. I have three headlines. Holly has her dinger, binger, binger, clinger, and she will pick which ones we lose, which ones we lose. Headline numero uno. 
D. Uh, this tea company is staying in business by TPing people's homes with surprise gifts. Oh, okay. Sure, I'll I'll take the bait. <laughs> you 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 take the bait. Uh, headline number two. TikTok user says he unknowingly recorded possible home intruder while dancing <gasps> home alone. Ooh, this is like the modern day Home Alone story. I'm okay with that. Uh-huh, kind of scurry, kind of scurry. And then last but most assuredly not least, Oregon man drove to 11 different Wendy's restaurants twice in one day to stock up on free nuggets. Oh, see, that's a wonderful story. That's a feel-good story. But I think I have everything that I need in the headline. And that's that. Can, good ya? on you, buddy. Do, Do I? Do I not? Do ya? All right, I'll news it. Yay! You convinced me. Okay, we'll start Is with this more? one. We won't spend a lot of time because okay. you have most of what you need in the headline except for what you don't have is Squeezy Jibs tweet about it. Wait, is Squeezy Jibs the person? Squeezy Jibs is the person. <gasps> he is at Squeezy, S-K-W-E-E-Z-Y, at Squeezy on the Twitters. We need to do a, a segment on this show where we only interview people because of their names. Of the- it's it's going to be Gork and then Squeezy. Right. Gar- Gark Mavigan. Oh, or yeah. Gark, Gork. yeah. Gark Mag- Mavigan uh-huh. and Squeezy McDougal. Squeezy Jibs. Times is tough. So when I heard at Wendy's was given out free for peace nugs today, I knew I had to hustle. I hit every damn Wendy's twice within 17 miles across two states. Car <gasps> emoji. It took five hours, but now we eaten free for a week. What it do? <laughs> I love how you put up your hands in the air right. at the end of that one. What it like, do? What? What it do? What it do? That, uh, that, that was really amazing. All. I really just you wanted know, to read that tweet about squeezy chips <laughs> and his and his free nugs. I. Fully support you. I I think it was worth convincing me to news it. Ah, uh, yeah. What's what? Are we, where are we There's going from also, here? Also, by the way, he also puts in uh, his map. Oh, really? <laughs> of like every Wendy's he had to go to, and he really did. He was. I like, bet he really screwed up the radius of how many, how much people are traveling right now through the cell <laughs> right. phone data. He threw everything off right from your story. Um, all right, so this one out of the creepy McCreeperson files. TikTok user says he unknowingly recorded possible home intruder while dancing home alone. He was uh, trying to do like a TikTok dance to um, uh, that Say So song by Doja Cat, which I believe we play here on Channel Q. Mm-hmm. And he's dancing and he's doing this like whatever. And in the background, very subtly, you see a little face peek around the corner. <gasps> And in the house, in the house, it's behind him. You can't tell the face peeks around the corner, sees him and then like moves back away from the corner very quickly. Oh, all the lights are on. So he claims he's home alone. He does live with relatives, but they were not home because he intentionally knew he was going to have to play the song on repeat and didn't want to have to annoy them with having to play the song on repeat. So he's like, they were gone. I promise. Um, and he says it was definitely not a hoax whatsoever, although some people are claiming it was. Either way, if it was a hoax, it was really good, because this is some creepy S. Oh, my God. That's one of my biggest fears, is yeah. that someone is in my home and I don't know it. Uh-huh, especially with, like, loud music. I won't turn up the music very loud when I'm home alone. Really? I, For that yes, reason? I, I want to be able to hear. Yeah, I want to be able to hear if, like, someone's coming into my house, because I'm, like, that paranoid. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a thing for sure. And then finally, this tea company is staying in business by teeping people's homes with surprise gifts. A Florida loose Florida man, a Florida tea company, has found a means of keeping their business open while simultaneously spreading joy to people who could use a smile. This is actually super cute. They TP homes, which typically, you know, is describing like it takes toilet paper that nobody has and you're throwing it over someone's house in their tree and you make just like a huge mess and you do it all the time in high school and it's fun and you tell stories about the rest of your life, right? Well, now this company is actually going around to different Orlando homeowners and saying, you've been TP'd and they put a little baggie with like a sign that looks like like a home for sale sign. And they put a little baggie with two rolls of toilet paper on it and some free samples of their loose leaf tea. Oh, they really should have called it tea bagging. <laughs> they absolutely should Especially have called it tea bagging. Especially loose tea bagging. Loose, loose You've tea bagging. You've been tea bagged. And then the Florida a, man's like, what? <laughs> what? Tea bagged? I can't. Um, that's very funny. They've got this cute little sign with like little hashtags. Kindness matters. Hashtag spread joy. Hashtag teep. Hashtag Infusion Tea. Pass it on their little website. So good for you, Infusion Tea, for making uh, uh, making us laugh, bringing it all together, right? They're bringing it together, the toilet paper and the tea. And the, the, they, if I lived in Orlando, they'd have my business as well. Oh, very nice. Well, that has been News It or Lose It. And up next, we have more Drop the Subject. Ooh, what are we going to do next? Who Ooh. knows? Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Oh no, it's over. The show's over. Me. Well, bleep. The good uh, The good news is that we are back on again tomorrow. Ooh, how exciting. Oh, and we'll be my. chatting with Dr. Jen, one of yes. our lovely staples here on Drop the Subject. And we're going to be talking to her about emotional eating. Yes, I feel like you can relate. I'm not looking at your love <laughs> handles. I'm looking at you. So um, we'll chat with her about that because I'm sure we uh, we can learn a thing or two. We'll also be chatting with our good friend Jason Carter about all things entertainment. The PC police is back. The pop pop culture police. The pop culture police. The pop culture police. He's got. I'm sure he's got lots of thing different things to talk about with us tomorrow. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Official Jason <laughs> Carter. Plus, you know that Jason Carter is also on RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's a new episode that comes out tomorrow night. It's getting right juicy. <laughs> that accent like dipped in and out, but it was actually pretty solid. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. the uh, I just wanted to close out by saying uh, Chris Contreras on Twitter at DTS Show he messaged us because the that uh, masked asteroid was visible yesterday. <laughs> oh, was it yesterday? And, yeah, we we sent a picture. We posted a picture of it, and he said, "Is this mask or side boob?" And you're right, Chris. It does wow. kind of just look like the side of a boob. So she's running. And she got close to <laughs> quarantine, Corona Earth, and she was like, "Nope, I'm out." Right, like turning like, sideways the other way. You get a little side <laughs> exactly. boob. Exactly. <laughs> just free the nipple. The asteroid is already there. Aww. Okay, let's get to some happy endings. This is the time of the show where something that may have been a little bit serious or sad becomes super happy. Ooh, as happy as a side boob. Do you have a happy ending, James Simmons, nurse practitioner? James Simmons, nurse practitioner, has a happy ending. Oh, good. You know my my keto shakes and intermittent fasting? 
an indoor bike might be the only things helping me maintain my super tight fit quarantine bod. Mm. But at least I don't have to maul my occasional Big Mac just to derive joy from a cheat meal alley. Whoa, whoa, that was attacking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, was it? What did that cheeseburger yeah, you know, ever do to you? What did that cheeseburger ever do to you? Nothing. It's a cheeseburger, and I'll eat it how I damn please. Right, okay. Oh, and uh-huh. the, oh, yeah, yeah, and the patty is good by itself. I'm not going to get uh, into this no, again with you, right? No, we're do- we're doing this. No, we're You're ridiculous. Uh, no, maybe not. Anyone but else? I will stand by my fact. That I will stand by my statement that we should be making dinner shakes. Okay, that's a business <laughs> I want to go in with. Brandon Mills on, and I think he was just saying that to appease me. But I still, I do think. That a chicken casserole shake is, oh, is in well, our see, future. Okay, you, know, you went meat and potatoes earlier, but I could be into like a whole like casserole thing, like beef bourguignon or something like oh that. Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. chicken and broccoli casserole with some yeah. crispy fried onions on top. Throw it in a blender. I'm okay yeah. with it. Lasagna puree. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You have a happy um, ending, Allie? My happy ending, yes. My happy ending is that, yes, sure, Jesse got a regrettable tattoo that a lot of people oh, made fun of him man. about. Children and adults laughed at him. But the bright side of all of that is that not only did he cover up the tattoo, but he also got a regrettable job. And there are children <laughs> and adults laughing at him still. Like right now. <laughs> just <Yeah>. laugh. <laughs> it's just because I'm looking at Jesse on Zoom. Exactly. So there are a lot of other things to be embarrassed about, Jesse. Don't be embarrassed about your tattoo. You can be embarrassed about your job as well. So, wow, what a a wonderful way to end the show. If you missed anything, we talked to Brandon Mills of The Mills Method. We talked to David Hackamfar. We learned a thing or two. um, David Hackamfar from Pride Legal. And lots of in-between stuff. We also did a Gay Gay Cray Cray. All of it was wonderful. We got got shamed about food. You got to check it out. So if you missed anything, download the podcast on Drop the Subject. Just search Drop the Subject, all right? It's wherever you find your podcast. podcast. It's on radio.com. It's a podcast. You can figure it out. You're not an idiot. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q.